0: And now, for your feature presentation.
1: One, or two, or three, or four, but five, Force 5.
0: Hello, 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 and welcome to the Force 5 podcast. I'm your host, Jason Kleberg, and if this is your first time, the premise of Force 5 is that I force a guest to come up with a movie-themed top five list, and then we talk about our picks on air. Today my guest is Hilton Ariel Ruiz. He's the director of Zombie with a Shotgun and the upcoming 6666 anthology film Beyond the Halls of Paradise. The topic Hilton chose is five more scary scenes. You can catch the first time we went over this topic way back in episode 7 with my good friend Tots. So go listen to that first, come back, and see what we're going with this time. Before we get Hilton on the line... Let's talk about what I've seen this past weekend. whoa boy, let's start with a doozy. Every once in a while, I'll watch a film, and I'll legitimately think, how did this get made? I mean, they have a podcast about how did this get made, right, of, of bad movies, but this one, oh my god. Let's just get into Soul Man from 1986. Harvard Law School. Yeah! <laughs> Tuition and
1: fees, $10,493.
0: Harvard Law School, this is a big day for all of us. That's why I've decided to let you pay your own way. Estimated
1: annual living expenses, you ever
0: applied for a loan before?
1: $7,500. Mr. Watson, you don't pay your bills. Get out. Total for three years of law school. Wait a second, look at this. Full tuition for the most qualified applicant, most qualified black applicant. $53,979. Don't you think you're overreacting?
0: No. Soulman focuses on Mark, an entitled rich kid who tears open his application letter from Harvard Law School and sees that both he and his best friend have been accepted. Unfortunately, Mark's father is making him pay his own way, So he does what any sane, privileged white kid would do, goes blackface to snag a scholarship. Oh my gosh, where do I even start? C. Thomas Howell stars in this, and he has defended his involvement in this film, saying that it has, quote, very deep messages, quote, is very funny, and that Soul Man is an important movie. And I am here to tell you that none of these statements are true. Look no further than the fact that it was directed by the very white Steve Miner and written by the white writer Carol Black, creator of The Wonder Years, a show on which the blackest thing was her last name. I highly doubt anyone was looking to these two as the shining beacons of the black experience in America in 1986. It should go without saying that this movie is offensively racist, but if you need quick proof of that, look no further than the marketing itself. Posters feature C. Thomas Howell, who pulls off being black just about as good as I pull off being a good movie reviewer, with hook lines that say things like, Guess who's coming to college? as if it was strange to see a smart black person. Or, He didn't give up, he got down. Which is only less offensive if you think, He got down means that because he's now black, he's a good dancer or something. And only elevates its offensiveness if you look at the phrase, He got down, as the poster giving us some kind of stupid social metaphor. Now I know what you're thinking. How is Mark going to pull off blackface for a whole college career? We're talking four years of reapplying makeup or something, right? Wrong. The writer wanted Mark Black right away, so Mark overdoses on experimental tanning pills. Yes, that's how he turns black. And then he gets like a jerry curl wig or a black perm or something. Even more insane is that everyone at Harvard Law is fooled by this. A character played by Julia Louise Dreyfus, someone he literally went to high school with, it feels like the infant that you used to play peekaboo with, putting your hands over your face as the dumb baby's like, wait, where the hell did he go? Grew up, somehow got into Harvard, and went, wait, where the hell did Mark go? These are the people handling your trials, ladies and gentlemen. This right here is why OJ went free. There's this side story about Mark falling in love with a character named Sarah Walker, played by Ray Don Chong. And you know that it's arching towards that moment of truth that all romantic comedies have, where the main character comes clean. For most movies, it's something like, I'm sorry, I made a bet that I could turn your nerdy ass into the prom queen, but I actually love you now that you're hot and or I got to know you. Or, I'm sorry, I'm the one that was trying to put your company out of business, but I actually love you now that you're hot and or I got to know you. But of course, in Soul Man, the hammer you're waiting to drop is, Hey, guess what? I'm not black. Adding to the embarrassment is James Earl Jones, a law professor who you'll sit there staring at thinking, how do you not know, dude? Of course, the movie tries to tackle racism in the most overt, ham-fisted way possible. Take two characters we'll call Goofus and Goofus, whose entire role in the film is to walk around and make offensive jokes about black people. We only see them when Mark is within earshot, but I guess we're led to believe that these two racist pricks just walk around telling thousands of black jokes a day. Don't forget being racially profiled and tossed in jail or the landlord not wanting them to move in because a Harvard law student is, oh my god, black, as if African Americans weren't living in Boston until sometime in the 90s. And how can I forget the hilarious scene in which Mark is picked first in basketball because all black people are good at sports? and then disappoints his team when it appears that he's never seen a basketball in his life, as he flails and flops around the court like LeBron James trying to coax a foul call from the referee because a fly landed on his head during a three-point attempt. I haven't even mentioned the character of Whitney, played by Melora Hardin, who most people will probably know as Jan Levinson from The Office. Long before she started her thriving candle business, she was sleeping with Mark. Moments after their first role in the hay, she, <laughs> she gives this line. I could really feel... Four hundred years of oppression and anger in every pelvic thrust. (sighs) She also takes him home for dinner one night, as her family has visions of him in the most basic stereotypes imaginable. The mother sees him as some kind of jungle warrior who hunts for white women as you all but see her chair drenched in sweat and mucus. Her brother sees him as prince because, you know, Prince is maybe the only black person he's ever seen. And the father, Leslie Nielsen, just goes full-on racist in his vision. Here, listen to this.
1: Go get my heroin and my hypodermic needle, bitch. Give me some more watermelon while you're at it. Yes, dear. White fat-ass slut. What you looking at?
0: The movie Soul Man isn't just offensive, it's insulting. To see C. Thomas Howell still out here defending a role that Ralph Macchio turned down is baffling, both because the role is racist as shit and because Ralph Macchio will literally do anything, evidenced by his role in Karate Kid Part 3. Watching Soul Man in 2021, you're not going to leave this film with a brand new realization of, wow, black people sure have it rough. Because you already know that without having to see overblown Irish stereotypes beating up a black dude because their softball team just lost to a team of them. And my guess is that in 1986, it would have been no different. Soul Man is tasteless, devoid of laughs, and anyone defending it as some mind-blowing portrait of the black American experience is just plain stupid. That being said, let's hear from some stupid people. On IMDb, Haley Carringer reviewed this and said, This is pure 80s fun. So zany and funny. You will laugh and shake your head in disbelief. I, yes, I did do that, Haley. Having said that, I really wish we had seen more of the blonde hottie who is in the opening scene. She looked like an eye candy. Like an eye candy? Like one piece of eye candy. Thanks, Haley. Akalesh says, Everything is almost perfect about this picture. The characters were very endearing, even though some were a bit stereotypical, but not off the mark. And cinematic liberty is important, isn't it? <laughs> what? He continues to say, It's sad, too, that such movies are not being made these days. Full 10 out of 10 for such a great thinking movie, as well as an entertainer. Well, Aklesh, why don't you get behind the camera and make another movie about blackface? Jesus Christ. A Llewellyn says, the movie makes you think, what if I were black? Would I be treated like that just on the basis of the color of my skin? A Llewellyn, the answer is yes. Jesus, what where have these people been? Soul Man was pure trash, so I think it's only fitting that I balance things out with something that I thought was kind of awesome. A 1981 film called Possession. Ah! Isabella Johnny. The internationally acclaimed actress in her most explosive, controversial role. <coughs> Sam Neill. Heinz Bennett. Two men. And a woman no man could ever possess. <laughs> Special visual effects by Academy Award winner Carlo Rambaldi. Immortal terror. Inhuman ecstasy. Soon you will know the meaning of possession. Imagine your butter. Just chilling in the fridge in its little top floor penthouse suite. All the other foods in your fridge have to share space, but not the butter. You've got a fruits and vegetables drawer, but I bet those healthy foods are sharing space with the beer that you had to jam and squeeze in there, but not. The butter, it's got its whole room of its own and you pluck out a happy, unsuspecting slab of butter and then just drop it right in the goddamn frying pan. And that's what possession does to you. It drops you right in the middle of a disintegrating marriage without any context. We start on the curb as Mark, played by Sam Neill, and his wife Anna, played by Isabel Adjani, continue a discussion we weren't privy to on why she's leaving him. But she can't or won't give an answer. We just know that something's going on with her, and the first hour of this film is really just about the relationship and the split and how they're trying to continue raising their five-year-old son Bob. Also, who names a five-year-old kid Bob? As we roll through the film, we find out that she's got another man in her life and claims it's not the reason she's leaving, but she's acting weirder and weirder as the days go by. Mark also meets this other man, and they have kind of an interesting relationship. And then at one point, Mark has a private investigator follow her. And then, shit gets weird. Like, very, very weird. I can't even explain the second half of this movie without spoiling things. And I'm gonna leave it at that, because I want people to seek out possession. I can't even firmly say that I loved it, but I can tell you that it was an experience and there are some unforgettable scenes in this film. Sam Neill and Isabel Adjani put on absolutely riveting performances, particularly Adjani, whose character just never lets up. The amount of emotion that she expels in just about every scene she's in astounded me. And if I could offer a recent comparison, I'd say it was comparable to something like Toni Collette in Hereditary. It's baffling to me that she was not nominated for a Best Actress Oscar in 1981, and I get it. A uh, horror film? Or, I, I mean, is it really even a horror film? Thriller? Suspense? Paranormal? Who knows? But I get it, the Oscars weren't really into that, but God, this performance is so good. And from a filmmaking aspect, this film was on point. The camera, it moved with kinetic pace. You could tell from the very first shot that this was going to be something special, that the director knew what they were doing. The colors are used throughout to perfection. The soundtrack is unsettling. It's an expertly crafted film. Possession is a movie that I will not soon forget. I think you'll like Possession if you don't need a cut and dry ending because the ending will leave you thinking, what in the hell just happened? And you're up for feeling a little bit uncomfortable because this movie will drain you. It will make you feel tired at the end of it because the emotion being expelled on screen. If you fall into one of those two buckets, go and seek out Possession from 1981. We just talked about that penthouse butter door. Look in your fridge right now. What do you see? Purple stuff, Sunny D? That old beer stuffed in the drawer that's specifically designed for fruits and vegetables and not beer? Chances are the inside of your fridge is sad. Make it happy by picking up some Nuka-Cola from your local grocery store. Bottled right here in the United States in New Vegas, Nuka-Cola is the official soft drink of the Force 5 podcast and our sponsor today. It comes in amazing flavors like cherry, grape, orange, quantum, quartz, and victory. Who doesn't want to swallow some victory right about now? Head to your local grocer, ask for some Nuka-Cola, and tell them that the Force 5 podcast sent you. They'll probably give you a weird look, and they won't give you any kind of discount on your purchase, but at least they'll know about your favorite podcast. Thirsty? Have a nuke! I'm a weary exile, singing my song of Welcome back. You're listening to The Force 5 Podcast. and Joining me tonight, I've got Hilton Ariel Ruiz, writer, director, producer, photographer, documentarian. Seriously, is there anything that you don't do? (laughs) No, you know, know, there's a
1: couple things that I I still have to uh, touch on and uh, haven't yet, but uh, I have to think about that.
0: You're, of course, responsible for the immensely popular, I guess you'd call it a franchise, Zombie with a Shotgun. Uh, Started as a short, turned into a web series, turned into a comic book, turned into a feature film. So exciting stuff there. And then of course, uh, now you're working on a follow up to, I guess, another franchise now we can call it 6666, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh
1: Yeah, Zombie with a Shotgun was um, you know it, how it all started. Definitely was from the web series, and then it came to a comic, and then to the feature film, and now we we are touching on uh six six six, which was also a started off as a web series, and now we are working on um, we've actually finished on the edit on the the feature film, uh, which nice. is it's going to hold uh eight. Episode, so it's going to be an anthology, uh, feature film, eight stories, uh, eight short stories that has to do with the evil entity of the Satan, the evil devil himself that was born on six six sixty six. So yeah, that's what we're working on, and um, um, like I said, we finish on the edit, and now the next phase is, of course, music and sound, and hopefully we'll be done with that shortly. But that is the next thing that we're working on.
0: Well, it's a it's a good segue into our topic tonight, which is going to be. Five more scary scenes. Uh, If you go back to episode, I think it's like five or six. That's when we did our first episode on five scary scenes. We've got five more for you today. But just to give people a taste of your taste in movies, Hilton, what are some of your favorite movies of all time that might not make a list like ours today?
1: Oh, man, there's so many favorites. And the ones that could pop in my head right now, of course, you know, one of my favorites is uh, um, Blade Runner. Definitely it's probably my all time favorite film. Wow. You know, uh, just the other day I was watching The Godfather and I just can't even believe how that, you know, uh, wedding, that Italian wedding in the in- intro oh, yeah. form, was just, it, it is just, as years go by, you appreciate it even more and more because, um, you know, you see that wedding and you're like, um, wow, it just feels so real. You know, it just, it's just so damn amazing just seeing that scene of how they got it all together. And it's, it's, it definitely feels like, you know, that you're this voyeur that's looking through and seeing what's really happening with this Italian family. I just can't even believe how, how amazing that film is.
0: And that scene, by the way, you know, if they, re, if they made that movie today, that scene would be a montage of like three minutes long at tops. <laughs> Whereas yeah. then we get to see the full uncut, like, what, 30 minutes of this wedding. <laughs> Absolutely. So true. You know, and that's, that's something that's
1: pretty interesting what you said, you know, can we do films like that now? you know that that is actually really uh interesting to think about and i i i think you're right I don't, I don't even think that would that can happen now
0: oh no could you imagine them doing like the deer hunter wedding which was like an hour long they would never let that go now <laughs> that's so true and yeah so there there are like you know so many uh
1: um different you know films that you know pop in my head um uh, one of my uh, uh, favorites, uh, I was watching, you know, there's, like I said, there's so many different favorite films out there. Um, one that I was watching the other day, so I have to say one of my favorites was Dead Zone. Um, Chrono, oh, where, cool. Uh, you know, it, it, there's nothing fancy about the film, you know, there's nothing, no visual effects, nothing crazy and everything. It's just this straight up, you know, all American, uh, um, you know, sh- you know, style film. And it's just an amazing, movie, you know, Christopher Walker and everything, just one of, what I have to say is one of my favorite, uh, films.
0: Yeah. And one of the first good, uh, Stephen King adaptations.
1: Yes, absolutely. And, and you know, you, you have, uh, you know, there's so many, like I said, there's so many different films out there that, you know, and sometimes there's films out there that have just an amazing moment. in there. you just have to appreciate it. You're like, wow, you know, that, that movie was just so amazing for, you know, for its, its moment, you know, it's, it's just so great. Like I've been watching a lot of old, you know, like, uh, films, you know, um, and you're just like, wow, you know, it, it's pretty, um, you know, all Stanley Kubrick's films. I mean, come on, you mm-hmm. know just so amazing. You know, you have the 2001, um, you know, you got Full Metal Jacket, you know, it's just eyes wide shut. I mean, come on. it just those movies are just so amazing, you know, and you, it, it just you watch it and you go, wow. Um, but there are a lot of films and those are the ones that I can say that, you know, come to my mind.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's tough to narrow it down, especially when I put you in the spot like that.
1: Yeah, no, uh, it's, it's good. Yeah, you know, and now I'm so I think you know, of course, Exorcist is probably you know one of my favorites also.
0: That one might come up today. Because <laughs> We've got five more scary scenes. Hilton, Ariel, Ruiz, ready to get to this list. Yeah.
1: You know what's gonna happen? You know, you know what's happening. You know it-
0: five more scary scenes is your list in any kind of order no cool mine isn't either mine isn't either i'm just gonna kind of ride the rails and see what happens here yes yes hilton ariel ruiz what's your number five on our list of five scary scenes so
1: before we talk about this five scary scenes you know we have to put this in perspective that you know these are the scary scenes when you know when I was a child. You know and you're looking okay, at me, cool. it, just so like wow. You know, th- th- <laughs> you know th- these, these are the things that you know scared the crap out of me when I was young. Uh, you know, so some of these things, like you know, people might say that wasn't scary, but for for me, it was so scary.
0: Yeah, there's like there's always context to scares, right? The the environment, the age. There's always context to scares.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yes. A number five. I'm gonna to have to put Amityville Horror. When the kids were saying that some somebody was outside the window, and I think it was like the mom that came out to close the window, and then you see these, you know, set of eyes in in the dark.
0: Jesus loves me, the Bible. Who are you singing to, princess? You're scared, Jody. Jody? There's
1: no one here. See. You scared her. She went out the window. She went out the window? Well, I I better
0: check and make sure she's not still there, huh? Oh, it's been so long since I've seen this. Yeah,
1: and that creepy music comes on. I I, I do remember watching that when I was a kid. I was like crapping on my pants seeing I was like, oh my God, what the (laughs) hell was that? You know, it was just, it was it was so scary at that time watching it was just a, such a little kid you know it was that 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 is a that definitely was a um again it's not an order but definitely um um one of my scary scenes
0: amityville horror man i got to go back and watch this i haven't seen this for a very, and, very very long time and again
1: you know when you're a little kid you you uh <laughs> you know things like that like you know i look at it now i laugh at it i'm like oh man i was scared of that <laughs> You know, <laughs> but yeah, I was scared of that. That that thing was really so scary when I was a little kid. It stuck for me for a while.
0: Sure, sure, and that's that's the goal on, of a good horror movie. It's got something that sticks with you.
1: Yes, yes, yes.
0: For my number five, this is one that has stuck with me, but it was when I was older. And actually, all of my picks, I think, are from movies except for one are movies that I saw when I was older. So these are. Okay. I went out went at the list a little bit different from you. Interesting. This is from a horror movie that I don't think is a great horror movie, but it has a couple of really effective scenes. It's from 2005, The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Do you understand how long they can put you away for this? I want people to hear what only I can tell. And what is that? What really happened to Emily and why? So she believed that her actual possession began that night at the hospital? I think she did. Emily had epilepsy. Father Moore's beliefs are based on superstition. Did Father Moore ask you to give her any medical help? I couldn't help her. Why couldn't you help her? Because there are no injections against the devil. It's a weird horror movie because it's like half courtroom drama. Yes. And then half exorcism horror movie. like. It takes place it starts in the courtroom and you're getting these exorcism scenes all told in flashback sequences. One of these sequences tells the tale of this this kid who I think it's her boyfriend, his name is Jason. They're in the dorm rooms and she's having a rough night, so he's recounting a scenario where he laid down next to her, held her, you know, they went to sleep together and then he wakes up in the middle of the night and she's not next to him. And he opens his eyes, he looks down and she's on the floor in a very twisted very unsettling way just staring at him eyes open not blinking it's one of the creepiest looking scenes that i've ever seen in a horror movie of course he gets on the ground to try and figure out what the heck's going on with her after a very prolonged shot just sticking on her face unblinking her mouth just opens and it's always stuck with me as something that's just so unsettling and so creepy like I can't imagine waking up and opening my eyes and seeing that in the middle of the night.
1: All right. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that now. Yes.
0: It's and it's not a great horror movie, but it does have a really it has a collection of really good scenes in those flashbacks. Uh, the first scene where they're revealing the exorcism and she jumps out the window. I mean, it's a great scene. It's just kind of in this boring courtroom drama, which I, I didn't really love, but those scenes stuck with me.
1: Yeah, it's a definitely very interesting horror film, you know, how it's, you know, how it's taken, you know, when you watch it, you're like, am I, am I really watching a horror film? But yeah, no, I get it. N- number four has to be, when I was a little bit older, I would say, uh, I would have to go with Lost Highway, uh, David Lynch uh, film.
0: Where was it you think we met? At your house, don't you remember? No, no,
1: I don't. Are you sure? Of course,
0: as a matter of fact, I'm there right now. What do you mean you're where right now? At your house.
1: When the scene, when um they find out, uh, that whole creepy scene when they're walking to the hallway, and it's just, it was, that whole sequence when, there was somebody who was staring at them while the couple was sleeping. I do, yep. And then that scene when they find out that somebody was recording them while they were sleeping. That <laughs> whole thing to me was just so damn creepy and like, what the fuck? Imagine, you know, imagine that had happened in real life. I thought that <laughs> whole sequence of just going in the dark and who's there, I thought that was... I, I, I love that film, by the way. And I watched that film in the movie theater, which you, you definitely get a better experience than watching it at home. And watching, sure. you know, watching in the theater was just wow. Um, that goes in my f- number four list of what the F just, I you know, what had happened? <laughs> Who's this guy that's like videotaping these couples sleeping
0: in the middle of the night? There are plenty of. Uh... Plenty of David Lynch movies that could have made this list and this whole movie is just really, really creepy, really weird.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Great score too, like a great soundtrack. Oh yeah. To go along with it. Uh, Good pick, good pick. My number four, I went with a really recent one and this one is kind of cheating because it's a TV series but the pilot is an hour and a half long so it could be considered a movie but I guess I'll just start off by asking, have you seen the HBO Spain series, 30 Coins? No. Oh, as a horror fan, you got to watch 30 Coins.
1: I know what you're talking about. Have not get to have the chance to watch it.
0: Man, it's good. Um, I won't spoil too much, but the the premise of the show, like the first five minutes, it starts with this mysterious town. Ta- it's like a very small town in Spain, and there's a cow that's giving birth. And when the cow gives birth, it gives birth to a human child. And so you're wondering, like, what the hell is going on here? And everybody in this town is wondering the same thing. And the guy who I think he's like the mayor of the town or he's a politician in the town. He takes the baby and they basically, while they're figuring out what to do with it. He gives it to this couple uh, that lives in the town. And the, the couple, the backstory of the couple is that they had a child at one point and something happened to that child. So now they want to take care of this child. There's something weird going on with this baby. And this police officer goes to the house. She asks to come inside. She asks to see the baby. And the mother's acting kind of weird. They bring the family up. The whole family goes upstairs and they look into the baby's room and the crib is empty. This baby's two days old. And she's like, where's the baby? And the mother says, oh, he's fine. He's walking now. And it cuts to a very quick shot of a baby that's about three or four feet tall walking. It's a a full-grown baby walking around in the shadows. And it was so affecting. I was watching this. I was kind of like half (laughs) paying attention while I was working. And this scene right here made me stop and say, Okay, I can't watch this while I work. I have to pay attention to this because this is damn good horror.
1: That's pretty dope.
0: Oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. Oh, that scene is great. And you should watch, at least watch the pilot. It's an hour and a half long, like I said, but it is some of the best horror that I have seen this year.
1: Nice. It definitely. I definitely want to check that out.
0: So that's my number four from thirty from the pilot of 30 Coins.
1: 30 Coins. That definitely, yeah. Yes, yes. So my my number three would be uh, I think it would be on a lot of people's list. I it, I know that many people will, will, will has nightmares of this, and it has to be with Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
0: This is the movie that is just as real, ah!
1: just as close,
0: Crazy. You got just, stop. just as terrifying. As being there. Even if one of them survives, what will be left? The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. After you stop screaming,
1: you'll start talking about it. When, you know, when they go into the house and there goes Leatherface coming out of that room and slamming that door. Boom. That <laughs> set the tone for the move. Like, oh my. I, 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 Remember again, this is me watching it as a little kid. Uh, I wasn't supposed to watch the film. Many of these films we're not really supposed to watch. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and watching this film, like I don't know, like five or six years old, I was terrified. I could, I remember now I couldn't go to sleep for like days. <laughs> um, and again, I you know, growing up in that era and in, in the early '80s and stuff like that, even though the movie's a little bit older, you know, getting you know. Watching these movies you're not supposed to watch. Uh, being, you know, young age during that time, our parents didn't even know what the hell was going on. You know, we were watching anything we could get our hands on. Oh, yeah. And uh, that that to me, uh, uh, to this day, I remember being a kid, I was just could not sleep for, for days.
0: Man, that's a scary movie now. And I think the fact that it was so low budget for the time and so just like grassroots and grimy just adds another layer of dread to it. Yeah. You know, it's so like it's just so dirty. But man, it's <laughs> a good movie. It's good. Movie. It is. It is. Cool. I'm glad that one stuck with you. That one stuck with me from my uh my childhood as well. Um for my number 3, I'm going to go with uh with a scene from a movie that is not actually categorized as a horror movie, but man, it's got some scary elements to it and the final shot is it's definitely straight out of a horror movie. And the movie's from 2013. It's called Enemy. Maybe we're brothers.
1: We're not. We're not brothers. So we're not brothers. How do you know? Do you have a scar on your chest?
0: For listeners, I am going to spoil the last shot of Enemy. So just be aware of that. If you if you still want to see Enemy, it stars Jake Gyllenhaal, directed by Denis Villeneuve. If you still want to watch it, fast forward like two minutes. It's... A very unsettling, very confusing movie about this professor and he's watching a movie one day and he sees himself in the background. And he's like, what the hell's going on here? Well, it turns out he looks up the dude's IMDb page and sure as shit, he's got a doppelganger. Like his double is out there living a life. And he ends up meeting this double and they, they're identical. Like down to the beard, down to the scars, they are identical. It's really confusing. You never kind of really know what's going on as their two lives start to intersect. But throughout, there's a very heavy theme of spiders. There's a tarantula at a sex club that is that a woman goes to step on with her high heel. There's spider web imagery during a car crash. Like there's tons of just spider imagery, even on the, um, I think the poster has an image of like a spider on top of a city. And in the final scene of this film, Jake Gyllenhaal is going to talk to his wife his wife goes into the room he follows her into the room and we as the audience follow with the camera behind jake gyllenhaal and when he walks into this room out of nowhere there's a giant tarantula like a wall-sized tarantula and it just like backs into the corner like it's scared this scene comes out of nowhere and it freaked the hell out of me and i don't know if it affected you the same way (laughs)
1: Yeah, it it was very, uh, an interesting film. Uh, Yeah, I totally forgot about that film.
0: Yeah. It comes out of nowhere, which I think makes it even scarier. It's like just a hairy tarantula as big as the room, and you don't even know what to think. And then the film ends. It's like, what the hell? And it's always (laughs) stuck with me. It's like just something super scary in a film that really wasn't trying to be a horror movie, but it ended on that note. And I thought that was really cool.
1: That's a good one. That's a good one. That's definitely a good one.
0: Okay, two left. What's your number two, my friend?
1: My my two is uh, is also a a, a a fan, definitely a fan favorite. Uh, I still can remember when I was a little kid, where I was when I was watching this, and I was literally almost crying for this this scene happening. I I am t- I am honestly telling you, and this is Halloween two, when Jamie Lee Curtis is outside the hospital and she sees. Doctor Loomis, the officer, and I think the court martial—I think it was there, whatever—was coming in, and she's trying to like yell for them for help while she's on the floor in the parking lot of the hospital. And they close the door, and then boom, she sees Michael Myers there, and she's dragging herself and she's running to the door, and she's screaming. Oh, my God. Let me tell you. I swear to you, I literally was in tears watching that film because I was so scared of that scene, thinking that Michael Myers was going to kill Jamie Lee Curtis.
0: Universal Pictures presents Halloween Two: more of the night he came home.
1: Who is it? Oh! <laughs> There was nothing within him, neither conscience, nor reason that wasn't
0: even remotely human. <laughs> Some kind of a joke. I've been triggered treated to death tonight. You don't know what death
1: is. <laughs> it, it, to this day, it sticks to me. Every time I even watch it, I could just, the chills of me remembering when I was being a little kid. That I was like, oh my God. What a great, I mean, you know, great ending of that film. Um, but yeah, that, that stuck with me for a very, very long time. That is Halloween Two.
0: It's really hard to capture the magic of the first Halloween. And, uh, I, I really like Halloween Two as well. I don't like it as much as Halloween, but I think it's a really great horror movie. Yeah. One of those reasons why it's very memorable.
1: And I agree with you. I, I think they have, uh, those two films are so powerful that, you know, you do get fans that will pick two over one. Yeah. And that that's that was the the power of you know Halloween one and two it just you know uh, um, what stuck with us for a while you know sometimes you have that number one it was really good and then the, the sequel is always uh was trash and then it <laughs> loses that steam and I think the just having those two by itself was just wow you know even part three that came out, everyone hated I actually love that part three oh part three's great oh yes I mean you know I I, I always have arguments with friends and just tell me oh it's <laughs> trash i was like you know. It's not trash, I say, because you know it, that's what filmmaking is about. You know, here's the thing, though. Imagine doing a film like that now; they would
0: never get greenlit. No, oh, no, you got to have Michael Myers in there for the to get green. Yeah,
1: and, and it's just a, you know a horror film is a horror story that it's that has nothing to do with the franchise or anything, but it's something it's just horror story. And I thought that's that that part three is really amazing. But and, you know, that's another conversation. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween Two is my number two uh, on the two countdown.
0: All right, my number two uh, is another film that I don't think is great, but man, it has an effective scene. And it's from 2014. It's a film called The Taking of Deborah Logan. 73 Apple, take one, Mark. The story of Alzheimer's is never about one person. My PhD thief, I'm gonna start again. You wanna keep the house? You need to sacrifice. You talk to me about sacrifice. Hey. Hey. They want to make a movie about me. Yes. We will live and document our subject's physical and mental degradation over the course of two one month periods. We're going to have fun, right? Yeah.
1: Okay, good. I'm not interested in being
0: exploited. Yeah, so This one starts off as being a documentary about these filmmakers who are going to record this woman named Deborah Logan because she's an Alzheimer's patient and they're doing a documentary on her, but they, they realize weird stuff starting to go on with her. They talk to the doctor and he's like, yeah, there's, she's not, there's something not right here. Um, There's a thread throughout the movie about a satanic ritual, but the scariest part is near the ending. And again, I'm going to spoil the uh, the final shot of the taking of Deborah Logan. Uh, I, I don't think it's a movie that's really worth wa- sticking it out. Like, I didn't love the movie, but man, this shot is great. Deborah abducts this young cancer patient and, and takes, I think her name's Kara. She takes Kara into this mine. And then the camera crew follows her into the mine. So it's found footage style. You see, like, a lot of shadows, the camera moving back and forth. And then we see... Debra Logan and her jaw has come unhinged like a snake and she's got Kara's head in her mouth like she's ready to eat eat it like a snake eats a mouse. It's terrifying. And then like they they basically get her off of the child and her jaw is still unhinged just like wagging in the darkness and it is fucking scary (laughs) as shit. I think the found footage portion of it just added like a more troubling aspect to watching it. It is such a such an effective scene, and it, I think it also helps that it's an old woman who's doing it that ups the the terror factor for me.
1: You you know what? I have to go watch that film. I, I actually thought you was talking about another film. Now now I, I don't think I've seen that film now. Uh, and now that you said that, I'm I'm gonna go have to watch it now.
0: It's okay. It's one that I. You can watch the best parts on YouTube, but if you really want the context, it's not a bad watch. It's just not one that, that I would revisit.
1: That's okay. Like, I, I, like in the beginning, we talked about it. Sometimes there's moments in films that it's just, you know, it's just sometimes there's these little moments in these films that are not like, you know, your favorite. But you just say, wow, man, that was a great damn scene. I just got to go back and watch that.
0: Well, let me know what you think of it if you, uh, if you do give it a shot.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely.
0: All right, Hilton, Ariel, Ruiz, what is your number one on five scary scenes for you?
1: Scariest scene, the number one. And you know, I, I've done one other podcast that asked me what it was my scariest film. And the person was shocked when I tell him my scariest film I've ever saw in my whole entire life. And a uh, Death Wish.
0: Hey, mister, got a match? What else you got? Let's see the money, man. You'll have to take it.
1: Death Wish is, is my scariest film I've ever seen in my life. And there are multiple scenes in there. In uh, Death Wish, um, one of the scenes there of, of, of the lady getting raped was, was traumatizing for me.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: I don't even know why my parents let me even watch that film again. (laughs) (laughs) But the whole film was terrifying for me. And I think because it did capture what New York City really felt like and was like. And again, you know, growing up in New York City, uh, especially, you know, there during the early 80s and there, um, it felt like that. And I think watching that movie just sort of kind of made a perspective like this is what it really is. And it, it just scared me even more. That is uh, my scariest scene ever of as a child and that brutal uh, scene that they showed. And you know who, who was in that terrifying scene? Uh, who was, uh, <laughs>
0: um, was his name? Jeff, um, Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a scene. Uh, so I, I recently watched Death Wish and I just reviewed it a couple of weeks ago it wasn't the first time that I'd seen it, but it's the first time that I'd seen in like 20 years. And I agree. It's a, it's such a weird reflection of New York city. Whereas like you living there, you would be afraid to walk outside at night because it seemed like everybody that walked up to Charles Bronson in that film was ready to rape, murder and rob you with a switchblade. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the rape scene that's in there that you're referring to is harrowing. Like, you can watch it today and it's going to be just as shocking, just as brutal and just as like unsettling as it would have been in 1974.
1: Yeah. Uh, and again, I, like I said, I was probably like, again, like five or six years old when I watched that film, I wasn't, I shouldn't, like, again, I shouldn't watch the film, but you know, I grew up with, you know, six siblings in the household. So we were like, sure. you know, there was nothing. My parents were working. We Let's go watch a movie. Let's put this on. Let's get this, you know? So, <laughs> And, and I tell you that what is the scariest movie I've ever seen in my life. You know, you look at it now, you're like, you know, all right, it is like you said, it's still, that scene still is like very brutal and everything. But, you know, you know, of course, I mean, you know, when you're younger things get scarier, you know, it's, it's much more scary than you, but I still watch, I, I watched that film probably about a couple of years ago. I said, Oh man, let me, let me, let me, let me go, <laughs> let me go watch this <laughs> film again. And, and it is interesting cause it, it, it it uh, it still did remind me of how New York City really was running. Like that, that's exactly how it felt. Just, just everything about it was just like wow. Uh, and it was like no exaggeration. Uh, yeah. what, how it was back then, you know. Um, and now it's like night and day. It's nowhere even close to that. <laughs> and um, so that that was my number one count. That, that's my number one uh, scene. And again, uh, just footnote: scariest movie I have of my own entire life.
0: Good pick, surprising pick. My number one is from an all-time classic that I think a lot of people would have on their scariest scenes list. And it's just like you—one of those movies where I watched it as a kid when you weren't supposed to. You went to a friend's house, and they were like, "Hey, I got this VHS tape of." the exorcist let's watch it somewhere between science and superstition there is another world <gasps> the world of darkness Mother! 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 nobody expected it All right, well, let's see what the- <laughs> <laughs> Nobody believed it, and nothing could stop it. Honestly, The Exorcist could have all five of my scariest scenes in it. I specifically left this off of my list last time because I thought it would be too obvious, but I have to mention the scariest scene. And this is when Ellen Burstyn, she hears a commotion in her daughter's room. You hear the demon and you hear Regan, the the girl possessed, wrestling kind of internally like, her voice, the the demon's voice. She runs into the room. Stuff's flying everywhere, like records are flying. Everything's flying around the room. And you see Regan on the bed. She's stabbing herself in the privates with a cross as the demon possessing her is yelling, let Jesus fuck you. And then she throws Mrs. McNeil across the room. The door closes, the furniture's moving, and then she's sitting on the bed and her, her head spins all the way around. It is, it's like a minute long that all this stuff happens in, but it is the scariest shit that I had ever seen as a kid. I rewatched the scene today in prep for this episode, and it still holds up. Like, it is still really disturbing. I was probably like eight or nine when I saw it, and I should not have seen this film at that age. Much like some of the films you mentioned, I did not sleep for a very long time after seeing this.
1: Listen it's it's an it's an amazing pick and and I I would have to agree with you I I think uh that scene or any scene in that film could easily be on our top 5. Yeah it's an, an amazing film. It definitely is.
0: That's another one that I don't think like that scene in particular I don't know many filmmakers that ha- would have the balls to do a scene like that today. That is so true.
1: Yep, I think uh it, it would get so much um, you know um, heat on that, on that, you know. Uh, yeah. I, and again, it comes back what we talked about. It's like films now, can the things that we saw back then, you know, can they be done now? I don't think that film, that those scenes can. not It's pretty interesting, you know, even the scenes when she was in the MRI, you know, the, the MRI itself was creepy, you know, the loud noises, and you know, yeah. <laughs> it, it yeah. just, it's just so, uh, there's just certain things that just, I think doing now wouldn't even like work. You know, I do remember watching the film and again, I agree with you, it was really scary and as I got older, you know, I watched, you know, you 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 know when it came out with so many DVDs and TV special edition and everything. Yeah. And there's one scene that I overlooked and I'm not sure if uh why I missed it when I was little, but it was really creepy. Um is when uh, Ellen Burks uh is walking home. And she sees these uh two nurse uh two two nuns. the wind is just like blows you know it's like blowing and 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 then the the nuns are walking by and she stops she pauses and she looks at these nuns walking and she gives a look like and it, it is something very creepy about that and 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 there's nothing that really kind of explain the what was that all about? I mean, everybody has their own interpretation. But when I was little, I th- I missed that scene. I don't even know if that was in the film and they added it after, or like when they put extended. But I just don't know why when I was little, I missed that. And, yeah. and as, I, as I got older, and I'm not sure if you
0: know exactly what I'm talking about. It's been a long time since I've seen The Exorcist, like the full movie. Yeah, but... I,
1: I think a, I think a lot of people miss that. It's just one little simple thing. Is she's walking home, and this is like, it's like a precursor of like what's going to happen, but remember, she hmm. wasn't such. She wasn't. In, she wasn't this religious person. She wasn't into that stuff. Right. And it, she's walking home, and this is before anything has happened with her daughter. And as she's walking, she sees these two nuns walking. She stops, and it spooks her out a little bit. And the music comes in, and then the music just goes away, and that's it. She goes home, and that's that little scene itself is just so damn creepy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I love that
0: uh there's one honorable mention that i wanted to that i wanted to say and uh another one that affected me as a young kid you remember the large marge scene in uh Wee's big adventure <laughs> her face just turns into this claymation like out of nowhere tim burton scared the hell out of me when i was little but i, I had to mention it because man that scene is terrifying it
1: is it is i, I do remember it did kind of uh, when i was little watching that film i do remember it giving me a little bit of uh, it was definitely a little bit scary. Like I, I there there was a scary uh, element about that scene.
0: Yeah. and It came out of nowhere too, which was yeah. it's like bonkers. Good stuff, man. Uh, awesome list. Why don't you plug some of your stuff? Like what do you have online that people should check out right now? You know, zombie
1: with a shotgun. Um, I have on Amazon. If anybody's interesting to watch zombie with a shotgun, uh, the full feature film is available on Amazon and Tubi on YouTube and other streaming services, but those are the main streaming services that you can watch Zion with Shock the feature. Also on Amazon I also have before it became a feature, uh the mini series that was put together in a short, in a very small short film you're able to watch. It's called Zion with Shaka in the beginning. Um I also released a short vampire film that was just released in Tubi about a couple weeks ago. And it's called Clans Rules. Um, you can also check that out. Tubi's free, so you can go to Tubi and you can write Clans Rules. You can also uh, watch uh, Zombie with a Shotgun on Tubi as well. And even when you hit my name, um, that short film will pop up under my name, and you could also watch that. That's something that I just did and I just created uh, just before the year ended and just got released. I also have. Uh, um, 666, uh, a mini series I did with three episodes. It's all, that is also on Amazon Prime. Um, you can watch that as well. Uh, there's also a documentary I created, which is a um, an adult documentary about six artists that um, talk about their artwork that is um, banned from the internet, and it has to do with the public domain of the internet, of uh, the government actually having control of it, even though the internet is a public domain, um, which really isn't because the government can definitely control and tell what can be on and all has to do with community standards. Um, so such as like, you know, YouTube also has community standards, things that you put on and uh, if it's, you know, it doesn't fit to community standards, they could actually block your, your video on YouTube and shut it down. Uh, There's an interesting uh, documentary about that. And uh, I have this woman named Barbara Nicky who goes against uh, the United States uh uh Supreme Court she has a case that goes against it and uh if, um is pretty interesting to watch to see what happens.
0: That one's called uh Art of Erotica.
1: Art of Erotica, yes.
0: Cool. Yeah, go check those out. Wh- where is where's the best place for you for people to watch these? Like would you rather have them watch it on Prime or would you rather have them watch it on Tubi? Uh
1: well, to, as of right like, so certain films are in Amazon and certain, like a clan's rules is uh, right now only available in Tubi, which is the, the newest uh, short film that I created. Um, um, Zombie with a Shotgun uh, is also in Tubi. Um, Tubi probably be the best place to watch Zombie with a Shotgun and the new short film just for the fact that and the, 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 the pay is much better when people watch it uh, than when Amazon Prime. So with the documentary and the short Zombie with Shaka in the beginning and the 666 web series, it's only available on Amazon Prime. There's other, there's other uh, um, streaming services, but those are like small ones that you got to go look for. So it's just easier just to watch that on Amazon.
0: If you want to watch some of these, go to Tubi first, watch it there. If it's not on Tubi, then go watch it on Amazon or... Yeah. uh and if they're only available on Amazon, then watch it there. But we want to make sure that uh, the Hilton gets paid. So go to <laughs> go to Tubi first.
1: Yes, it's
0: great. And if you want something to start with, I would recommend Zombie with a Shotgun. It's got a lot more heart than you might think. With a title like Zombie with a Shotgun, um, it's kind of a love story, and it's a different twist on zombies. And I thought that was cool. So
1: yes, it absolutely it definitely is. Uh, it's a uh, yeah i agree with you has a lot of heart we we've, we've um you know as as a indie filmmaker um i i've um i tell a lot of people you know like we felt as going into the project uh we felt that we were like you know it's a truly indie film that was raised by the love of the fans um and you cannot say that about a lot of independent horror films um that are out there uh, this was definitely raised everything was raised by fans and everything um, you know, we didn't get no funded by anybody and everything, so we, we it, it was the film had a, a you know it was special in that way, and, and the cast and crew was just so believed in the project and was so behind it. And I think when you watch the film, you you definitely feel that.
0: Well, good stuff, uh, Hilton. Thanks so much for coming on. This was really fun. A lot of people have some stuff now to watch to scare the heck out of them.
1: Yes, absolutely. And thank you so much for having me on.
0: Listeners, if you have a list topic that you want to see covered and, like me, you've got a face for radio, let's do it. Head to force5podcast.com for the show request form. Take a minute, rate and review the show on your favorite podcast platform, and follow The Force 5 Podcast on Instagram and Twitter so you can tell me which scary scenes we missed or need to check out. Intro and outro bumpers today come courtesy of Nate Spears. The Top 5 List Bumper was produced by me with music from Audio Binger. Until next time, stay safe, stay sane, and go watch Zombie with a Shotgun.